0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Scott Chaloner. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognizing and celebrating those people who keep this great country running. We exist to offer leaders a voice outside of their own organisations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. Now, if you are in a leadership role yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, then please visit leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Now, I'm pleased to say that joining me on the show today on what is a warm summer morning here in the capital is Charles Dark. Charles is the owner of the Wednesday Hotel in Mid Wales. Um, Charles, welcome and thank you for joining us on the show.
1: Good morning to you.
0: Good morning, Charles. Certainly is a lovely day for it. And I think a good place to start would be by addressing the elephant in the room here. And that's the fact that we are recording this podcast on the morning of June 22nd, 2021. And therefore, we are still living under some form of COVID-19 social restrictions. And that has been the case now for the best part of the last 14 months. So given that the plight of the hospitality sector during this time has been very well documented, to what extent... And has it affected yourselves at the Wednesday Hotel?
1: Um, well, obviously, we've had to close and we've had to operate under restrictions. And that, I think, produced um, very high levels of stress. When the thing first broke, um, we were extremely worried. Um, but, you know, we then heard from Westminster that the Chancellor was giving us, in our case, £25,000. That was a start-up, then the furlough scheme was introduced. And so, okay, we thought, well, we were going to get some support. Um, And that was very helpful, the furlough. We furloughed staff. Um, But the other thing that made the big, big difference to us is that the money that came from the Welsh Government, um, in that they offered various stages through the pandemic. They offered grants, um, ERS, Economic Resilience Fund. This was in large part to cover our overheads because a hotel like this, even if we've got no customers and no staff and we're not trading, we've still got electricity, water, gas, insurance, pest control, telephone, internet, hosting, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, et cetera, to pay for. So the Welsh government has been very generous in that, which so we could have just then said, okay, well we sit on our backsides and uh, we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll ride it out. Um, But because of the levels of support that we were getting and because I think that we saw that there were going to be some major changes to the market um, coming not just from COVID but also from Brexit, um, we applied for extra money from the Welsh Government for capital improvements. Um, We took out the bounce-back loan and basically we invested heavily back into ourselves. Um, That does mean that we come out of this period with more debt, and we went into it on the basis of what we saw last summer Um, so long as we continue to get some degree of support um, I'm actually pretty confident Um, but I know that that's not an attitude that everybody has felt that there are some businesses uh, around here who have said okay that's enough and thrown in the towel. Um, we just didn't really have that option so our decision was to fight it out and come back stronger than it was before
0: And just because you've been operating in Wales where of course there have been sort of conflicting advice from not just Westminster but also the Welsh Assembly, have you sort of found it quite easy managing through the crisis thus far with those two different sort of sources as it were?
1: Um, no because the, I mean the Westminster one was well, there wasn't a lot coming there. The big, the big thing that we were getting from them mainly was the furlough payment, um, and that meant that we could we could furlough um, all our staff. Um, we had we had a certain amount of business when we were putting up essential workers now and again, so we had a little bit of income. But we were able to bring um bring people. Back from furlough, just to do a little bit of work, and then back onto it. So it's been there've been times when it's been totally closed and everybody furloughed, and then the the, the flexibility was very very convenient. Um, but it also, it, we were therefore in touch with with our staff, um, and not just that, I was issuing um, a, a sort of an email at least once a month, sort of giving an update on how we saw things and what we were doing. Um, the other thing was that we it was allowable that staff who were furloughed were allowed to volunteer to come back and do other jobs than their normal jobs. So we had all sorts of people um, scraping off old wallpaper, painting, decorating, doing all sorts of things like that. So we kept some sort of good team spirit as well, going, going through it.
0: Yes, and I can imagine that was incredibly important as well, maintaining that morale and mental health and well-being, because that's certainly an issue that's been amplified by the COVID pandemic, isn't it?
1: Well, I think the thing is that, I mean, I know from as things are opening up, I mean, talking to other people who've got similar businesses, you know, they've lost staff, they can't now recruit um, you know, ma'am, you know, you, if you look after your staff, your staff will look after your customers, you know, so, and, you know, we, we were very, very aware that, um, we, that we're, we're a family business and, and we want to look after people and, uh, uh, and keep them happy, and yes, you know, mental mental health and, and feeling belonging, and and not getting not getting too despondent. I think there was, you know, there were huge areas of depression. I think a lot of people got very depressed during it. So we were, you know, we were trying to trying to do that. And then, as we the other thing is, as we saw that, well, look, this will be ending at some point. We had we went out to recruit, um, and Brexit also has. <laughs> is having a a massive damage on recruitment of chefs in throughout the United Kingdom uh, because you can't ship them in from abroad. In the past we've often brought chefs over from Italy but we went on a recruitment drive and fortunately by the time we got to reopening we were fully staffed again.
0: That's certainly really encouraging and I suppose from sort of navigating this quite challenging period you've probably come away from the Covid situation to date feeling like you've learned a great deal for the struggles you've undergone and maybe even become stronger as a business for it I suppose
1: oh no I mean I think we definitely are stronger as a business but, I mean that's because we 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 were <laughs> we were bold foolhardy perhaps um you know in the middle of a pandemic we're taking out another 50,000 pound loan um well we had well, we need we needed that uh, bounce-back loan, one thing we needed it for, because although, although the government was paying the furlough, we had to pay the wages on furlough and then get it back from the government. So that was quite an impact on cash flow. The other thing though, people forgot is that, you know, although the staff were furloughed, we were still paying the, uh, the employer's national insurance contribution and, uh, and the pension contribution. So there was money going out on that. But no, from our, from our point of view, we are emerging stronger. Um, but we've also seen that um, the market is ch- is, is changing. Um, we, we we expected it, and the experience of last summer, when we were only open for a few weeks, we think that is the new market, and so we are adapting ourselves to to better handle that market. Um, and I think for a lot, for for a lot of um, quality establishments, they're actually probably going to be better off than they were in the past.
0: Yeah, it's certainly going to be a very interesting time for the industry moving into that post-COVID world, isn't it? And just seeing what kind of shape the economic recovery especially is going to look like.
1: Well, you know, people are talking about vacations. I mean, I know I have a friend who's got sort of tree houses, sort of glamorous tree houses, which you mentioned self-catering, and he's now booked into 2023. Um, and I, you know, if you've got holiday lets and whatever, then then those you know the staycation that that market is massive. But then you know, but hotels we you know in in Wales and I'm sure it's true in most of England. You know, we haven't had people staying for a week or fortnight or a month on holiday. That that sort of type of, of, of visitor disappeared decades ago. It's more more the short break. Thing. But I think that you know we will be that, that market will move as well. Um, it's just it's not so easy to see it in forward bookings. Um, that said, I mean this autumn we're already fully booked for October and most of November.
2: Mm.
1: There, there, there are there are big changes, and uh, you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of patting myself on the back, feeling I think we did the right thing to to invest in ourselves to be ready to to, to, to meet to, to meet the, the new demands, if you like. But not everybody has done that, and I don't mm. think everybody felt. I think people were sort of. Were, a lot of places were just. It was it was depression that came in, and they just said, "Oh, this is just all too much. You know, I, I can't I can't fight this out. I can't take any more." And, and they they thrown in the towel, um, which horribly horrible to say, but it probably makes it you know it's good news for those of us who survive.
0: It is, isn't it? And it's those businesses that have really come out of the sort of restrictions and lockdown period ready to hit the ground running that are going to capitalise during this time, because as much as there may previously have been some doubt about consumer confidence, whether people would be willing to so easily return to their favourite hospitality venues, what we have seen since restrictions have eased earlier in the year is that that appetite is very much there for people to go to hotels and go to restaurants. And we're going to see that in abundance over the course of the summer because it's so difficult to travel abroad that, as you've said, staycations are going to be booming during this year.
1: Yeah, well, the, I mean, the thing I say is that I mean, you know, if you come to a hotel like ours, you know, we 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 do everything in terms of sanitising and whatever that a hospital does, but we don't have we don't have sick people here, so it's you know, actually a healthier place to be. He says rather facetiously, Um, there are with the restrictions that we have, you know, now with table service and you know you can't serve from the bar and whatever. We're a hotel restaurant, but we do have a good bar trade, and residents like to come to the bar and see what ales you've got on and whatever. So that that has an impact on staffing levels. Um, So it does cost us more to operate than it did before. But the the thing that we have um, is the is the VAT down at 5% on um, accommodation and food. And, of course, that makes mm-hmm. a massive difference. I mean, I would argue and have lobbied to say that some sort of VAT reduction should remain for, uh, when I say hospitality, I mean, I just sort of worry about how, how that's included. And uh, pubs are pubs, and that, that, that's a different business model, which I'd, I don't enter into. But I do think that the, the spreading tourism throughout uh, the British Isles and throughout Wales in particular, you know, it's the quality private hotels that, that are so terribly important. And a lot of us operate, and well, we do slightly better than some, I think, but a lot of them operate absolutely on a knife edge. And yet they are a major con- uh, contributor to, to, to the economy. Um, and a lower VAT rate, I think, would be an excellent idea. And the other thing I've lobbied for, and I understand Mr. Drakeford wants to go for it, is to have some sort of um, tourist bedroom tax as they have in many countries in Europe. Mm. Um, just a small amount of money. You know, if it's a pound a night per so room, um, but it needs to be... It, 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 that, that shouldn't be going into just the general budget. That needs to be allocated specifically to towards training um, because hospitality is not viewed as a decent career by the majority of people. If you don't work hard enough at school, you'd only be good enough to wait table, which uh, is a terrible attitude. Um, so it goes towards training, and also in a way, you see tourists don't uh, because they don't pay rates or whatever. They, they're not contributing to to the area. Some sort of tourist tax. Um, I think I think generally it's a very very positive idea. I can't see that people say, "Oh, I'm not going to go to Wales because it's going to cost me another pound a night." <laughs> I mean, that's just risible that sort of argument.
0: Yeah, it certainly doesn't put people off going to the likes of Greece and Rome, does it? So I think um, it is a good idea. I think you're very very right, and I think it perhaps has been a long time coming in some of the popular destinations here in the uh, the UK. And we've spoken there as well, Charles, about um, the fact that you're still operating with some restrictions in place and that does affect staffing levels on site at any one time. So are you sort of waiting now for sort of restrictions to lift further and then sort of eventually switch back to sort of normal pre-pandemic service at this point?
1: Uh, well, no, well, well just to make it quite clear, we are not champing at the bit. We want to be safe. We want our customers to be safe. And the last thing we want to see is another lockdown. So we will live with these things for as long as we have. Um, we've got screens, we've got systems in place. The, the, the wearing of masks by staff—well, um, it's not great. It's not comfortable. Uh, if the if the nurses in the NHS can wear them for twelve-hour shifts, well, we're going to wear them for our shifts. You know, it's um, it's it, 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 it's it's a bit of a bore. Um, but you know, we 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 will. We're ready to completely reopen when it's safe to completely reopen without Mm. restrictions. If it's advised from above for people who know far more than I do um, that really we need to keep these in place, okay, fine, we'll go with that. Um, This is something something that we have to fight uh, together. Um, I've had issue with um, politicians of um, of the blue hue Uh, (laughs) No, this is, this, is, this is not the time to be making party political comments. This is, this, is a, not, this is an international, this is a global problem, and we all need to be fighting, working towards it together. Uh, I don't think pushing sales will damage the economy of not opening up. Well, no, <laughs> the greater damage is probably opening up too soon, as we've seen, and then having to go back into lockdown. Um, it's something that we all have to all have to face together, and I, I think ge- the general population have have accepted that. I think when it mm. first came in, there was a lot of people who, you know, we saw here people were sneaking over the borders when they shouldn't have been, um, you know, supposed to be staying at home. But that that was last year. Um, this year, people have understood generally. I think that uh, no, it, it, it's 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 something that we all have to fight together.
0: It is exactly. And we are still somewhat in a state of limbo, just waiting to see whether restrictions can indeed be lifted and whether it will be safe to sort of revert to life as normal. And while we're sort of in that period, if we could pretend, Charles, that we do have a crystal ball of sorts, even though we don't, in an ideal world, where would you like your business, the Winstay Hotel, and for wider hospitality to sort of go in over the course of the next 12 months?
1: Uh well, I think that if we continue to get the support we get from uh, I don't know what support we'll get from Westminster, but we would continue to get the support they're talking about from the Senate. Um, I'm actually fairly optimistic. Um, said, Some of the weaker ones, which generally have been a shame, may have gone to the wall, but those of us who have survived um, uh, have generally, I think we, we've got to be in a better position. I'm looking out of my window here and there's a little hub across the road, and they, they too, through the last pandemic, I mean, there's a huge amount of money that's been spent on smartening that place up, and they've got all sorts of plans and things to you know, for, for, for operating better for the, for the future. Um, I think the main, main understanding is that the market has changed. Um, this is not COVID, this is Brexit. Um, I, I'm a passionate European. I think that Brexit is a national disgrace, but this business is going to be very good. Um, so, and so so long as we don't get another lockdown and there's a general air of confidence which which seeps through, then I think it'll all be positive. But there is a sense of nervousness out there at the moment. I mean, people are saying, oh, well, if, if, something, if something happens, can I cancel? We say, yes, you can cancel. Um, you know, you can unscramble plans. And this is something to, I think sort of to, one tries to get across. Look, if you're thinking of coming then, book it. Um because if you don't, then somebody else might. Then when you want to come, you can't do it. You can, you can unscramble plans. But if you wait for the last minute to put a plan together, then that's more difficult.
0: Yeah, it's certainly going to be a very interesting time for the hospitality industry as we get more of an idea of what landscape is going to be like in the next few months and as we start to get more certainty on what that is going to look like i actually think charles it would be fantastic to welcome you back onto the show with us and just reassess where we are at that point in time because i have to confess it's been a real eye-opener having you on the show with us today and i've thoroughly enjoyed it
1: okay well thank you very much welcome to chat anytime
0: it's been a real pleasure charles and just because we're not quite out of the woods with the covid situation yet and Even though I am confident better days are ahead of us, please do continue to take care and stay safe with everything that's still going on. And I would extend that to all of the listeners tuning in as well. All
1: right. Thank you very much.
0: It was a pleasure for me to welcome Charles Dark, owner of the Wednesday Hotel in Mid Wales, onto the programme today. Um, coming up next on the show, we'll be joined by Leaders' Council Chairman and former Education Secretary, Lord David Blunkett, who will be sharing his take on the events of the last 14 months and also his hopes for the weeks ahead. And That will be coming up on the
3: programme next. Lord Blunkett, welcome.
2: Thank you very much. It's very good to be with you.